Oh boy, you did it. You found us. And it's Tuesday. I am James Q. Simmons, and I am joined by the lovely Char Joselle. Good morning, Char. Good morning, morning, morning. And listen, no Allie Johnson. It, we're, I think we get to play with this a little bit, Char. I think we get to be like, while Allie's away, the kids will play. <laughs> <laughs> so those for those of you who may not have heard or, or didn't get a chance to listen yesterday... Allie is gone for the week. She'll be back next week. She's working on kind of a fun little project. If you want to hear more about that, you can check her out on Twitter at your Allie Johnson. She's tweeting all about it. It's super fun and exciting. Everything is fine with her. But in the meantime, they have given the reins of the show to me and Char. And y'all better watch out for that, Char. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I thought this was very interesting. While we were prepping for the show this morning, Char shared some. Char shared something. Woo! Say that three times fast. I know, right? I know. <laughs> I know. It's a. It can be a lot. But it go can ahead. be a lot. And your your Twitter handle is Char says so. Yes, which a lot of people. Well, not a lot of people. There's certain people that mess up because they say Char say so. They forget the because it's a double S in my in my handle. Uh-huh. So they can uh, tend to mess that up sometimes. But it's typically trolls, so that works out for oh, me. Oh, so you're like, that part's fine. Yeah. Uh, but I do have a hard time saying your Twitter handle quickly. Char says so. Char, <laughs> Char says so. Char says so. Well, you have had a lifetime of saying Char. That's part of it. True, true. <laughs> Char says so. Char does say, this morning, when we were prepping for the show, uh, such an interesting revelation about... It's uh, a connection with your father that I, I just, it like sort of like, it came out of the blue in the most lovely way, though. I thought it was it really, really great. And because I was looking on Twitter and I was like, why is the view trending again? And then you shared this with us. So I thought this would be lovely for you to share with the listeners, Char. Which is funny because, you know, I jokingly, every time I'm on Channel Q, I have jokingly referred to myself as Char Navarro because of the role <laughs> that Anna serves on The View. But uh-huh. basically, uh, we did a, I talked to my father on Father's Day. And uh-huh. then yesterday we did a collective Zoom call. It was my sisters and my dad and myself. And uh, he ended up making a joke about Whoopi Goldberg. And uh, within that joke, he referenced, well, he revealed that he watches The View every morning. Now, my father, for those who don't know, which is everybody, (laughs) yes, he is retired, but my dad is a very manly man from the west side of Chicago, born and raised. And so just the thought of him tuning into The View every morning uh, was hilarious to me. And so I told him, I said, Dad, I have never felt more close to you. (laughs) I've never felt more aligned to you in all of my life because I, too, watched The View as my morning TV lineup. So it Uh was just a funny moment that we both kind of chuckled at because you couldn't have told me, you couldn't have told Little Char that we would have been having this moment, you know, so it's it's fun. Now, do you think it is a maturation of, of like a progression sort of of what your father has gone through and like how he thinks and what he allows himself to do because you you know you also bring up that he's sort of this like very hyper masculine guy but yet he's watching the view do you think that's kind of always been there or is it new well i think because the view as a program as we all know have take has taken more of a political shift within the past few years and it's not as much fluff morning tv as it used to be Mm -hmm. i think that helps but i certainly yes i think that it is it is growth with him you know as people age they tend to get a little softer typically 
And I just love it because we are in a patriarchal society where uh, men are seemingly valued more than women. And so just to know that he's hearing things from, from these four women's perspectives, or at least willing to entertain what they have to say, is refreshing to me. Because it it's like, okay, th- there's room for, for all different types of conversation. It shows me that through sure. through him doing this, yeah. Now, now, he didn't go on to be like, Megan McCain is my favorite person or anything. No, 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 nothing like that. <laughs> he likes Whoopi, I think because they're peers, you know, they're in the uh-huh. same age group type thing. And, you know, you are, I feel like a lot of us are endeared to her. I mean, look at, she's an EGOT winner. Like, Whoopi's been all over for all of our lives, you know, all over the place on stage and film and TV. So I don't know who his favorite, I, I know he likes Sonny a lot as well. So it's fun. Like I said, it was a fun conversation. And I just was like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I can't, I can't believe this is actually happening. Like I am talking to my father about The View. You mentioned Sonny, by the way. Sonny was one of my very first celebrity uh, retweeters. Oh, really? I tweeted something at her. I was also watching The View. This was... Uh-huh five or six years ago when Ask the NP was first starting or whatever, I tweeted something at her and she tweeted right back. Oh, wow. And, and then I, I think she followed me at the time. I think she still follows me. I don't, I don't recall. But I, we had like two or three tweets go back and forth and I lost my mind. I was running around the house. I was screaming. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that Sonny like, you know, tweeted, retweeted me or whatever. And I was like showing my husband, like I was all excited. She was like my first sort of, you know, celebrity or well-known name person anyway, who actually like liked a tweet that I sent out and retweeted. I thought it was I love fun. it. I love it. Speaking of Twitter really quickly, when we go to commercial break, remind me to tell you which cast member, which panelist from The View hopped in my DMs after I criticized her on my timeline. Oh, <laughs> this is something you can't share with the viewers, with the nope, listeners? Nope, I don't, I'm not ready yet. Uh, uh, All right. I'm going to try to get this out of Char by the end of the week, y'all. I have a new challenge, a challenge I didn't know I was even going to have. We're going to get this out of Char by the end of the week, which view cast member (laughs) slid up in Char's DMs. Uh, This will be so you'll have to listen all week because I have a feeling I'll I'll be able to sneak it out of you just as like a surprise. I should should mention she's a former host. But so this was years ago when she was on. See, and, even yeah. even better now, yeah. even better that she's a former host. We also have uh, uh, quite the compelling show going on today. We have another round of Is It Karen, uh, which Shar has never played. I'm super excited because I get to be the one to tell the story. Shar has to guess. Of course, some COVID uh, updates. There's some interesting things about COVID. Uh, Donald Trump said something stupid. Can you imagine? No, shocking. Did no. he really? Yeah, I'm surprised. The world's number one tennis player, has COVID-19 after throwing a tennis tournament over the weekend. We're going to talk about that. Plus, of course, it's just the tip Tuesday. And our tip this week is very interesting as folks are starting to take road trips. We're going to talk about how to do that in a safe way. Uh, But next, why do you keep waving goodbye at the end of your Zoom call? There's actually some science behind it. We'll break it down for you on Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Guess what? It's Pride season. If you hadn't heard... Because you might not actually have heard because it's June and you maybe have been in the house. I think Shara's been in the house at this point. 
1,497 <laughs> days. And I'm, I'm kidding. Shar has been very good. Shar has been in the house. Uh, Shar Josel is joining me, by the way. This is, of course, James Simmons. But we want to hear from you. We want to know how you are celebrating your pride this June. And we want to share it with... Uh, Channel Q, the Channel Q family. So go to wearechannelq.com and just upload a real quick picture, video of however you are celebrating your pride. If that is your dyed rainbow cactus, if that is a new hairdo, if that is a new outfit you made because you thought you were going to be on a float, but you are not, whatever that is, we want to see it and we want to celebrate with you. And when you do upload that, you could get a Q curbside pride pack, which is all these fun goodies and tchotchkes for pride. So like a lawn sign, window hangers, channel Q branded t-shirts and face mask, which is obviously very important. We're talking about COVID later on in the show. And most importantly, when you do that, there is an opportunity that you might get to be on air here on channel Q to share with us with what pride means to you. So you can upload that picture or video on our socials at we are channel Q use the hashtag channel Q curbside pride or head on over to we are to upload there. Shar James. We you yesterday, I believe you said you lived your life on zoom for like two, three hours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, between Instagram Live, FaceTime, and Zoom, like, that's life right now. <laughs> Isn't it, though? And we do the show. Yes. Right? FaceTiming each other mm-hmm. for the four hours or whatever it takes us to to do the show. And so that's a lot. It's a lot of video conferencing. And I have noticed this trend as well. And it started to get some traction on Twitter, but I I wanted to know if you do it as well. I find myself as a Zoom call is ending, waving like I'm a five-year-old again. Like I have like the little, like I'm like fingers wide. I'm like waving, saying goodbye to everyone. And apparently this has turned into a thing, people waving at the end of Zoom calls. Yeah. I, you know what, if I do do that, it's something that I haven't paid attention to, but I don't think that I do. Um, And I also think that it depends on the call, right? So if it's like, if it's like my girlfriends linking up and us having like happy hour, the wave might be there. But if it's, Uh I can't, I don't think I do that. I don't think I'm a Zoom uh, waver bye-bye type. I did it yesterday with my family. So I think you did it de- yesterday with your yeah, family. Yeah, I think it depends on the call for me. But it's not something uh-huh. now that we're talking about this. This is something that I'm genuinely going to be paying attention to. <laughs> and I'm going to be looking at all those other little Brady Bunch boxes to see who else uh-huh. is doing it, you know? Correct, correct. Well, I so I was thinking about this as well, uh, just like a week ago, at the difference, right? Because there are Zoom calls for work type of things that happen, right. as well as this FaceTime call every day, and then... You know, there's obviously like there's there's the fun stuff, but this apparently has been happening so much that this was trending on Twitter and they actually CNN did a whole thing about this and they interviewed a professor, an associate clinical professor at Northeastern University, who is an expert in behavior analysis and body language. And Professor Dudley is saying we as a people are really hungering for that human interaction, that like friendliness, etc., and so because we can't get that in person, we're starting to create these things on our own through Zoom. That it's just sort of a, rather than just like 
clicking off and being like, bye. We're feeling the need to sort of almost overdo those those social cues, overdo the niceness yeah. about it because video is so interesting and new to us, you know? Yeah, the last time, you know, that I actually had a hug from someone was definitely the second week of March. So wow. it's like, yeah, you know, I live alone. I don't have a husband, Jay. <laughs> um, and right. so it's one of those things where I could totally see that because that not having that physical touch or that even level of intimacy for so long has definitely taken a toll on me. So I could see people's yearning for these like type of performative social cues that that we do. Right. Well, and speaking of social cues, I think, you know, Professor Dudley goes on to talk about how when you're when there's a, an, an in-person interaction, we pick up on social cues like the closing of a notebook, checking your watch, mm-hmm. you start to put things in the bag, right? We all we all do this thing, right? When we're out to dinner with somebody, and the conversation might be lovely, but you just might have to go. Yeah. I I am the king of I will pull the wallet out, put the credit card right down on the table. Mm-hmm. Like I don't care if the bill is there or not. Like sometimes I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's just it's time, you know what I mean? But we don't we don't have those social cues now on video and so basically we've all just had to resort to like waving. But you know what? Without having those social cues, I feel like that's what extends the meetings. Like my meetings have been longer because we do have the option of just turning off our camera and muting our mic for a minute while we go, you know, make something to eat or go relieve ourselves in the restroom, which then a 30 minute in-person meeting is now turning into like an hour and a half, you know, Zoom meeting. <laughs> right. And you're like, man, this thing, if we'd have just done this in person or could have done this in person, this would have ended so much cleaner. Yeah. How funny is that? Yeah. Um, well, speaking of things that should end, this spat of Karen's that is going on has happened again. Oh my gosh. We have your Is It Karen update. Oh my gosh. Up next. <laughs> Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject. I am James Q. Simmons, guest co-hosting with Char Giselle. What up, Char? Good morning. Are we still in the morning? I can't function. We, we are. First, for most people listening to us, we're still in the morning. Yes, right now. Uh, but not everyone. <laughs> or the folks on the podcast, too. You may be listening to this whenever. By the way, if you did not know... Drop the Subject is also a podcast. You can always go check that out at radio.com and download that podcast from there or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, even though sometimes I try to sound like her when she does her Jodie Foster or her, what else does she do, Jesse Helen Hunter, uh, for her Elastigirl voice, I am not Allie Johnson, nor do I have all of Allie Johnson's vocal talents. Allie Johnson is away for the week. She is fine. She's actually working on kind of a fun project situation. If you want to learn more, you can uh, check her out on her Twitter. She's talking about it there at your Allie Johnson. So it's me and Shar this week. You're welcome. And no, really. <laughs> Allie will be, will be, yeah, no, really. You really are welcome. Allie will be back next week. And a game that Allie and I started a few weeks ago. Let me rephrase that, Shar. The Karens of the world started this mess centuries ago yes and then now with the advent of cell phone cameras and everyone using them lots of karens have been caught in the middle of their karenly mess Shar, mm-hmm. how would you i know i'm putting you on the spot a little bit how would you describe for the listeners like what a karen is like how we got to karen being like the name of this 
middle-aged, middle-class white woman behavior thing. Yeah, I certainly think that it's cultural. Um, And I saw the name Karen being birthed from social media, like people just using it as a term of dismissal. And it it only applies to a very specific type of, of white woman behavior that only some white women subscribe to. But it mm-hmm. certainly is one of those types of things where it's like this permanent... What word am I looking for? Like a permanent victimhood or a no I'm <laughs> slash entitlement. Yes. Or a, a shifting of optics, right? Like I've wronged you, mm. but because you're calling me out on it, now I'm weaponizing my tears and weaponizing mm. hysteria to make you look like the aggressor. That is what Karening well, is. <laughs> Okay, thank you. I, can we write this down, Jesse, as an official definition and get that put up in the dictionary, please? Because, Shar, I think you described it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. And speaking of weaponizing tears and hysteria, <sighs> Karen struck again. So this is, this is the situation. There's a, a young Black person who was doing a, a Postmates delivery or trying to do a Postmates delivery There was an incident on the road. This was in Seattle. And there was a merger thing. And I don't know, something happened. And the Karen in this situation, or possibly Karen in this situation, apparently kind of cut this gentleman off. And there was some sort of situation. And then the Karen flicks him off. Yeah, well, she slammed on her brake. She did a brake check and was trying. Like, it was like this whole chain of events. Again, with her being the aggressor. Because, well... We haven't heard Karen's side of the story, but according to to this young man that that it happened to, he was in the the right of way to make his turn. He's following the rules of the road, and she was being aggressive on the road and and name calling uh-huh. <clears throat> and and uh, 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 flipping him, the bird right. and doing brake checks and just acting erratic, like being a yeah. being a highway terror of sorts, and so. <laughs> And well, and so this gentleman chose to, which I would never do. Conf- no, I wouldn't either. But uh, he confronted her with uh, his cell phone out recording, and this is a little bit of what happened. <laughs> Okay, so first of all, the name of this segment is, Is It Karen? Okay. We may never know, Char, but I died when he gets out of the car and calls her Karen right away. <laughs> like, it's just a thing. Me off. You flipped me off. Sir. You Don't touch me. Do not touch me. You flipped me off. I don't care. Why did you flip? Why did you flip me off? You are totally calling me Karen. Ma'am, did you, don't touch me. Do not touch me. Did you, ma'am, did you or did you not cuss me? Did you not? Did you flip me off? Why did I get flipped off? Why did I? Ma'am, I'm a t- Karen, are you okay? I mean, even just sharp in the change in the tone of hit, like he immediately goes back to this, this sentiment that we've been encultured into about. She gets out in hysterics, yes, freaking out, tries to grab his very camera, reminiscent yelling, I have, Amy Cooper. I have a black husband. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden, you can even hear in the tone in his voice. 
Within 30 seconds, her optics, her hysteria turns into him feeling like he needs to make sure that this And de-escalate. Karen, are you okay? My thing is, I don't think this video would have went as viral or been as bad if her knee-jerk response to this confrontation wasn't, I have a black husband. Wasn't screaming that at mm-hmm. the top of your lungs. Because to me, that's also an admission of guilt. Just me as a black woman, that's what I hear. If immediately you're confronted right. and what you say is, I have a black husband in this shrill tone, like it's like, what does that have to do with anything that just took place on the road type thing? So, <laughs> correct, uh, correct. I, and there's, yeah. There's so much problematic too with that. Like, and, the, and you know, the whole discussion about like, well, well, loving a black person, even intimately, even having black children's does not absolve no. you of understanding your white privilege, understanding or being you know, racist the, the, or being racist yeah. period. Right. And so I think this is, this video has actually brought that conversation already in just the 24 hours since it went viral. It's already brought this up to, you know, a larger discussion of what that actually means. So is it Karen? We actually don't know because the name of this woman has not been released yet so we will let you know drop the subject listeners if this is karen more drop the subject don't go anywhere drop the subject the new channel q we're good with hashtags around here hashtag channel q curbside pride is what you're going to use when you let us know what you were doing for your pride how you're celebrating because again it's digital it's virtual it's a little weird this year we got to be honest but we know that you are proud and that you are celebrating and we want to do it with you. So head on over to wearechannelq.com. Show us that video or that photo of how you are expressing your pride this year. And when you do, you could get a Q curbside pride pack. All kinds of fun goodies, tchotchkes in there with a Channel Q themed t-shirt, Channel Q face mask, lawn sign, window hangers, games, all kinds of fun stuff to keep your pride going because I know we are getting close to the end of the month, though. And the super fun part about this is that when you do this, you will have an opportunity to be on air here on Channel Q to share with us exactly what your pride means to you. And speaking of pride, Char, one of the most valuable companies on earth is headed by an out gay man. We have to be very excited about this. Tim Cook, right? Tim Apple. This is a good... Tim at- <laughs> or if you're Donald Trump, his name is Tim Apple. Uh, well, so yesterday started the virtual uh, Worldwide Developers Conference that Apple does every year. And this is, of course, where they drop a ton of new information. And there was a lot of buzz about what exactly Apple was going to deliver to us to tell everyone, those of us who are iPhone folks, those of us who are Mac and Apple folks, There was a lot of talk about what they were going to do, but they sort of like, I think, under-promised and kind of over-delivered yesterday. It seemed like an announcement with a lot of big changes to it, Char. Yeah. The um, One of the first ones here, so this new iOS 14 that's coming out is... Which I'm (laughs) not excited about. Like, I'm excited. It's just, it's something with the formatting. I think the listeners would actually have to physically see, just in case they didn't tune into the event yesterday... Uh-huh. But I'm a girl. I, I like my Apple consistency with that home screen. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. I'm, I can't say that I'm really? excited, honestly. Really? Is it just because you don't like change in general or you don't like like the change that they're bringing to this? I think it's making me, and, and, and don't uh, side-eye me for saying this, but I think it's making me anxious. 
Oh, really? It's no, never. About that scream that's just making me jittery. I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> well, there's so part of the screen that Shar's talking to. There's one of the one of the the changes that Apple is talking about is that you can sort of search. Your home screen's going to look a little bit different now, and when you search for apps. Because listen, we all know this. This is the truth, right? I have 47,000 apps on my phone Mm -hmm. and I only use, you know, seven of them. Mm -hmm. And so, but whenever you need to search for one, you sort of like flip down with your your thumb and then you kind of search in there. Well, that search feature is going to look a lot different now. The phone is going to categorize apps and put them in groupings itself. So like social, entertainment, creativity, you know, games, whatever. And then they'll have a suggested box for the apps that you use the most. So probably like social media or Safari, things like that. They're going to kind of group those all together. And it, it does. You're, Shar, you're right. It looks it looks quite a bit different see, than the home screen we're used and to. And see, I already have the little, I already do that myself. Like, and I've come up with cute mm. names like iSocial, iPhoto. And that's where I keep all like my little <laughs> stuff. I have a random one, a miscellaneous one. And so I know, you know, it's it should be noted that it seems like Apple is, copying off of some android things with these Mm, widgets and these graphics mm. but we'll see we'll see you know we got to wait till the phone updates to really get into it to see what right what's really going on now one of the things you know the dreaded group message right everyone like you love a group text message and you hate a group text message Mm but and there's always one person, right? There's always, I feel like everyone has the iPhone except for one person. Oh, and then when that one person doesn't have one, you know, the message is always green and then everyone's liking a message and you keep getting those texts that are like, I like this, I like that. Well, one of the things that they're doing now in this update is if everyone on the group message has an iPhone, so it's iMessages, you actually get their little picture, whether it's their cartoon emoji picture or their actual picture shows up at the top of the screen when it's a group message. So you can like physically see who's in that group messaging. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a lot. I like that they now have translation powers. That's what's going to mm-hmm. be coming. Like you can translate the conversation and the Apple Watch is going to have like sleep monitoring like. It'll be able to monitor your sleep patterns. I thought this, I would have figured, I don't own an Apple Watch, but I would have figured that this was already a feature since it monitors everything else, like heart rate and how many steps you take a day and things like that. So, I mean, it's some fun things coming. Absolutely. Uh, The AirPod Pros are getting an upgrade in sound. Of course, there's uh, Big Sur, which is going to be like the uh, iOS for your Mac. That's also going to look different. So tons of new stuff coming up from Apple. I'm sure we will hear more because it's day two of the uh, Worldwide Developers Conference for Apple. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents... News it or lose it. Welcome back to Drop the Subject on the new channel Q. I am James Q. Simmons. <laughs> you like that? It's like I was born to be here, Char. Yes. And that's Char Giselle. Yes, yes. And I am Char A. Giselle. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've been saying Giselle. Is it Jocelle? Yeah, it's Jocelle. We a little country. So we say Jocelle. My entire family says Jocelle. Um, everyone okay. has their own, uh, I guess, enunciation of it, but it's Jocelle. I've just been letting you get away with with Jocelle. You've said it a few. Uh-huh. This morning, I think you said Giselle, but you know it was early. Did I? 
Yeah, it was early. You know, it was a little early. I hadn't, the coffee hadn't quite kicked in yet. Well, you know, it's funny because, so Char is from Chicago and I have so many people and I stayed in Chicago for 14 years. I have a lot, a lot of my people are from Chicago and they're from a, it's not really Chicago. It's not really a suburb, but there's a small town close to Chicago that is French and it's spelled J-O-L-I-E-T. E-T, yes. But Char, how do the people who are from there say it? So I say, me and my people say Joliet, but I have some uh-huh. aunts that say Joliet. I have some some relatives is, that say Joliet. I hate Joliet. I say Joliet. Isn't that funny? Right. My people say the same thing. They stay in Joliet. And I, I don't know where that came from. Anyway, we could probably oh, do no. this all day long with word more words, right? Joliet, Joliet. But... Um, Jocelle, I'm going to do that now. Shar Jocelle is here with me all week long because Allie Johnson <laughs> is taking a little break. She's uh, she's off for the week, but she'll be back next week. We promise. And it is time now, Shar Jocelle. Do you have your bell? Because it's time for news it or lose it. Oh yes. Let me hear it. Bing, bada, ding, ding, ding. All right, I have three stories. You have three decisions to make, and then we will talk about them quickly. Story number one. LGBTQ activists use drone to place rainbow flag above city monument. Oh, we're going to do news it. News it. Ding. Story number two. Google to start including fact checks on images. Oh, yes. Newsing that. (laughs) All right. Very good. Had to think about that one for a minute. And last but most certainly not least, eight-year-old bridge player becomes the game's youngest ever life master. Oh, you know what? Char loves the children, but I think we're going to lose that one. All right. Very good. Uh, So he's a little cutie. He's obviously the youngest ever to become one of the, there's like these 500 points you get to become like the world, one of some of the best bridge players ever in the world. And he did this two weeks after his eighth birthday. It's pretty phenomenal. Um, So listen, I think this is to him because I don't, I don't want to diminish that accomplishment. So congratulations to him, but bridge isn't really my thing. Let's hear about these other two. What were we doing at eight years old? Like Okay, playing Power Rangers. <laughs> Hello. Right, that part. Uh, so listen, Google is now going to start including a fact check on images on its platform. Um, and so apparently there's some sort of like fact checking that's already like implemented in this uh, Google's search engine like news feature. And so they announced on Monday they're going to take that feature and sort of try to apply it to images as well. So when you start searching for images on Google Images we may start seeing a fact check label under the thumbnail that will trigger us then to say, is this image actually true? And where was this image actually sourced from? Which I think is really, really super important. And I think that that's what's going to get a lot of, uh, that's, that, this is essentially going to eradicate catfishing, right? Because, I mean, it's on a news level now, but we know it's going to trickle down into everyday life. And if I can see the source of where an image came from, where it originated from, that should more than likely put a halt, at least to some degree, to catfishing. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think you would think so that it, it would do that as well. If if there it starts to be able to sense that maybe this image was taken from a screenshot and then uploaded and all those different types of things, I think it's actually going to be really, really, really helpful because so many people just snag images that may have been doctored or or, you know changed or rearranged in any sort of way and they try to put them out there especially on places like twitter as fact Mm -hmm. and we don't like that what we do like this is super cute 
They're in the Ukraine, where it is not still very cool to be LGBTQA or I or plus uh, right now. The uh, there's an annual pride march in the capital city of Kiev, and it's often met with far right counter protesters. Um, but this year, the pride parade was canceled, like most pride parades, because of COVID-19. So instead, um, the organizers were running a large online festival. And as a part of that online festival, they showed this video of a drone flying up and putting <laughs> a flag in the hands of their motherland sculpture. That is one of the city's most famous landmarks. It's huge. Um, it's actually 102 meters tall, which is 10 meters taller than the Statue of Liberty. Wow. So this is pretty big because I was just about to say, so this would be like someone flying a drone and, and uh, giving a rainbow flag to Lady Liberty in New York City. Exactly. But she's bigger. So this, she's bigger by 10 meters and she's doing the same thing. In one hand, she's sort of like holding up like a shield or some of the others, like a sword. And they, they d showed this video of this drone coming up and I think it... I'm not sure how they were quite able to get the flag to stay there or if it was just the drone sort of holding the flag in place. But it looks like she's holding Someone the sword in homework. her right hand and the flag is right there behind it like she's flying the pride flag. So it's, it is super awesome. And I love it. I love a little... Uh, you know, uh, uh, deviant behavior just to push the issue forward a little bit and to help us celebrate uh, pride. I love it. Someone did their homework and got it done. I love it. Yep. It's, it is fantastic. We definitely, of course, want to hear about your pride. Don't forget to get us up at We Are Channel Q using hashtag Channel Q curbside pride. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. It might be June 23rd. It might be Tuesday. We're still celebrating Pride because it's June and that's what we do when we celebrate Pride. It is Pride Month. It is very weird. We get that. But you're doing something about it. You've painted your face. You've put a flag outside. You have... I keep dying cats. I keep saying that we should dye cats. And I don't know why that keeps coming up, Char. But maybe, I don't know. It's because I have a thing unusual. with cats. That's unusual. I don't... I, I see more dogs die than, than cats. I don't, but don't cats normally just sit still and behave themselves uh, like they're no. supposed to? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> You'd have better luck dying your dog than your cat, in my opinion, even though I think the yes. animals should be left untouched. Maybe put a bow on in their ear or something. Don't get to coloring them. That's not there fair. There you go. Right, right. I mean, maybe, well, right. Don't, don't die anything. But <laughs> whatever you are doing to celebrate your pride, we want to know about it. And if you do, upload uh, your picture or video of how you're celebrating pride at wearechannelq.com. Uh, we're going to hook you up. An opportunity to potentially be on air here on Channel Q to let us know how you have celebrated your pride this June. And, of course, a bag full of swag, lawn signs, and T-shirt, and face masks. Channel Q branded face masks, of course. All that jazz. Uh now, listen, I'm sure that a face mask is not at all something that someone thought that they were going to need to wear to a strip club ever. And yet here we are having a conversation about strip clubs and face masks and a global viral pandemic. But I, I think that this is an important conversation because, first of all, I am not a lot of what I have done on Ask the NP Shar particularly early on, you know, the tagline is everything you're too scared to ask your MD, ask the NP. Okay. And a lot early on, I was really trying to, and I still do, I still do a lot of this, 
help individuals who would who normally feel uncomfortable in the healthcare environment mm-hmm. get the type of healthcare that they need and answer questions that they have. I have a lot of people who are sex workers who I have worked with across the spectrum, straight, gay, both, cis, trans, like whatever, because there are so many sex workers who have a lot of fear about receiving healthcare. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it's something that's super important. So I, I think we, we have to be really careful about not um, ostracizing that community or, or stigmatizing people who are sex workers. And then as an extension of that, individuals who maybe work in the sex industry but aren't sex workers, so like strip people who are in strip clubs, et cetera, they're losing income too, right? This yeah. is impacting them as well. And in the small business association loans, so a lot of people who are strippers, for instance, are like sole proprietors yep. or they're S corporations or C corporations. They're not eligible for the federal stimulus money at all. So they've wow. really been a lot out of work. And so there's actually strip clubs in Providence, Rhode Island, who are trying to come up with this sort of strategy about how these strip clubs can reopen. And um, listen, they, they it's, it's a lot that they would have to go through. So it would be, be outdoor seating, eight feet apart, and separated by a sheet of plexiglass or other appropriate <laughs> non-porous physical barrier. Performers and patrons would be required to wear masks at all times. The stage itself would be surrounded by plexiglass. No physical contact between performers and patrons. And they have to pause for 10 minutes in between each act to clean the stage. Okay, Uh, so some of these I'm, I'm here for as far as like spacing out the patrons. But I also, you know, it's something about the objectification of strip clubs that I feel like, I'm not a stripper. I've never stripped. I do know strippers, though. And uh-huh. I feel like a lot of these in the cishet space, like a lot of the women uh-huh. would greatly appreciate a plexiglass barrier while they're up there doing their <laughs> thing. <laughs> like, right. so this may be a, a pro, but overall, it just seems, I don't want to say excessive because that's the wrong word. It just seems just a lot. It's a lot to have to go through. It it does seem like a lot, but I, you know, uh, some of the, the, women in particular who strip at these clubs in Providence, Rhode Island have actually talked about how they don't make most of their money dancing. They make most of their money doing lap dances. Those oh, individual yeah. side dance. And so now if there's no physical contact, they're like, why would we even go back to work? Because we're not, not only we're putting ourselves in danger, but we're not going to make any money doing it if you don't allow it. So, And again, um, I'm ruining glam with the face mask. I can't even get in right. full glam. <laughs> <laughs> can't even do your, your full on glam. Um, you know, I do think it is an interesting concept. That, and they, they even say here, like, listen, you know, I, I love this quote from one of the owners. Adult entertainment might not be everyone's favorite sector of the economy, but it is a constitutionally protected industry that generates millions in income for those who work for the clubs and substantial local tax revenue, which pays for the things that we care about most in our city. So I think the strip clubs require the same amount of attention and focus and and trying to figure out how Absolutely. we move forward with all of this, just like any other business. Absolutely. So. Uh, a very, very interesting read. Uh, we want to know from you listeners if you frequent strip clubs, uh, regardless of, of what they're, how you identify, if you go to a strip club, would you go with plexiglass, eight feet barrier? There's no physical contact whatsoever, and you got to wait 10 minutes in between each show so they can clean the stage. We want to know at DTS Show. Get at us on the social medias. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject on the new Channel Q. I'm Allie Johnson. No. No, I, I wasn't no. buying it. I don't think anyone listening was buying it either. <laughs> it was a great effort. Not good. 
Uh, was it probably wasn't even really a good effort. All right, I am not Ali Johnson. I am James Q. Simmons on Channel Q, joined by the lovely, none other, the hyper talented, thank you, hyper aware, very funny Char <laughs> Jocelle all week long. Yes, yes, I'm glad that you got it right. I did. <laughs> I did. I mean, I feel like I have been. Even back, like pre in the before times, uh-huh. before COVID, right when we I, I would call in and do segments, I was you were still Char Jocelle. So I'm glad I got it right this time. Yes. Thank you for correcting. At least you me. didn't Char say Jocelle. At least you didn't say Jocelle. Some people say Jocelle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that's rough, right? Char Jocelle. Um, so listen, Allie will be back next week. She's just gone for the week. She's got a super fun, exciting kind of thing going on. Uh, so you can check it out at your Allie Johnson on Twitter if you want to know more. But we are here, me and Shar, and uh, the continuation of the conversation around how racism appears in media and in television and in movies has really, really taken hold. And I'm here for it. It's causing a lot of conversations. And some of those conversations are really uncomfortable, Shar, about whether or not certain things should be changed or, you know, do we cancel this person or do we learn? Is this an opportunity to learn or are we just like, nope, this person's full on racist. They need to, you know, be gone. And in a very interesting, I think, preemptive move, Mm -hmm. right, before this gained more attention. So this feels like kind of a PR thing for me, if you will. But good, nonetheless, creators of the uh, Emmy-winning sitcom 30 Rock, Tina Fey and Robert Carlock, have actually gone ahead and asked that several episodes of 30 Rock be removed from syndication and streaming services because those episodes contained complete full-on storylines of Jane Krakowski's character, in blackface, Faye goes on uh, to say, as we, as, and I quote, as we strive to do the work and do better in regards to race in America, we believe that these episodes featuring actors in race changing makeup are best taken out of circulation. I understand now that intent is not a free pass for white people to use these images. Hey, listen, I can't knock her for that. What I will say is that I am a fan of 30 Rock. I uh-huh. struggled with even pinpointing, I guess, these specific episodes because I think I, I think I watched the whole series. I can't even remember. But you know, as much as I love Tina Fey, I mean, she did give us Regina George in in film form. <laughs> um, right. You know, this also showed up in Kimmy Schmidt with Jane's character being Native American, and there were different storylines uh-huh. with that. And you know how she was assimilating, like it was all like blue contacts and the blonde hair in order to get to where she needed to be, which is also, you know, like a play on our culture, right? How we have to assimilate or we feel or we're made to feel as if we have to assimilate to reach a certain peak of success. So mm-hmm. uh, it's mm-hmm. interesting to see how she's handling how they're going to handle this. But I'm glad that they're ahead of the curve. I always think that it's best to call yourself out before uh, giving people the opportunity to call you out. Or letting Twitter drag you. Yes. Well, that is a form (laughs) of it. And I do appreciate, I tried to zoom out and was like, Shar, are we biased? Because, you know, we're a fan of Tina Fey and her work. But no, I really do think that that was a clear and concise statement. And I think that the true test, which I've been saying, will be what she does from here on out. And Tina Fey hasn't been problematic, to my knowledge, in any other facet. So I'm willing to give mm-hmm. her the benefit of the doubt in this. Yeah, in this you know, I think case. that absolutely there's that line of of comedy, right? Where it's it's such a 
an interesting and difficult line even in um you know in watching disclosure right which i know we're going to talk more about disclosure later on this week with the new documentary about trans representation in media that's out on netflix there's even you know very very recent comedic specials mm-hmm. about you know the the emasculation of black men when they have to play characters who are outwardly represented as women mm-hmm. and how that, you know, that's completely, de- it's it's so problematic from a narrative uh, in terms of like how trans folks are represented mm-hmm. and all of those different things, but it's done under comedy, right. right? It's done as like, oh, well, this is funny. And so, Shar, I think you have, there's another comedian who actually is in a little bit of hot water today, right? And this one, you know, Jimmy Kimmel is someone, this hurt, because Jimmy Kimmel is my favorite late night host. <laughs> As of today, uh-huh. and that's up against Fallon, that's up against James Corden. I watched Jimmy Kimmel. Um, uh-huh. But you know what? Jimmy Kimmel, he was urging once upon a time, I don't know if you remember, but he was urging the actor Tom Arnold to release the alleged N-word tape of Trump. This happened two years ago. Well, things are starting mm. to bubble up about Kimmel's uh, problematic past. One of the things, well, there's actually two things. So one, he was in blackface in a skit where he was imitating Carl Malone. And I think what makes this mm. very specific is that he was not, this wasn't a, blackface is never okay. I want to say that. Right. It's literally never okay. But right. I've seen a lot of conversation around uh, the, the way in which he spoke while he was doing blackface. The only mm. reason why I'm, I'm willing to attack this critically like with critical thinking is because he was imitating a very specific person so it wasn't an imitation Mm. of all black men or it wasn't designed to be a representation of black men as a general whole it was a carl malone skit and so uh and so that's why i'm willing to like i said attack this critically but i'm still wrestling with this i've not come up I, i haven't banged my gavel on him in blackface but <laughs> right, right, right. but also there was uh in 1996 he did something with Snoop Dogg it was a christmas album where he is saying the n word you know um i won't read yeah. the lyrics cuz it's graphic and he says it more Yikes. than once and in cases like this it makes me wonder who the onus should be on like yes he knew better but if you're in studio with a rap god like Snoop Dogg and he's giving you a pass one might be under the impression that this is indeed okay to say. Because this is Snoop Dogg mm. I'm in studio with. So right, right, right. And if Snoop is co-signing yeah. this, maybe I'm all right, you know? So, I, you know, it's all very nuanced. And like I said, I'm still wrestling with this. Kimmel, I should note, he took a, he took a break from his uh, summer show. I mean, from, from episodes this summer. And he is still slated to host the Emmys this year. So we'll see how this all unfolds. I think that where Jimmy is today where he is like with his show and leading social justice today is a true indication of growth. All of this stuff is old. One incident happened in 09. The other happened in 1996. And I think that Jimmy has been doing a great job with leading social commentary and certain conversations regarding uh, topics around race, gender, and class on his show. So uh, all of that needs to be laid out in the court of public opinion. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject on the new Channel Q. James Q. Simmons. You're having With too Char much Justin. fun saying that. You're having too and much I, fun. <laughs> and I've only been saying it for like six months now. I'm sure people are like over it, by the way. But I just, I'm like, I love it's it though. Funny. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And okay, listen. So it is just the tip Tuesday. This is a thing we do on Tuesdays. We break down something for you. We give you a little information, how to do like life hacks, like things to do better in your life. 
obviously, for several months, they've been very focused on COVID and other things like that. And so now as the world is sort of reopening, people are starting to talk about doing road trips as a vacation. Now, air traffic travel is up, for sure. But people are saying that, you know, I feel like a road trip might be a little bit safer, um, safer as an option. I don't know, Char, would you do either of them right now? Would you travel by air or road trip? I would definitely. I was just talking to my mother about this yesterday because she wants me to to visit home. And I'm like, "Uh, no, because I think that I would have a a panic attack in, in the air only because, and I love flying, but it's something uh, about that enclosed space. You're in that tube in the sky, no fresh air, and they're sitting people shoulder to shoulder. It's not like there's social distancing being exercised on these flights. You don't know where people are coming from. You don't know what they're bringing with them. And uh-huh. it's not. And on top of that, we don't have a lot of room on airplane uh, flights in the seats as it is. The aisles right. are tiny. So if anything, I'd probably drive. But one thing I'm not doing is driving from Los Angeles to Chicago. <laughs> to Chicago? I've happening. done that drive before a couple times, actually. It's all right. Well, CNN did a little little thing. Is it safer to fly or drive? Here's a little bit of that. If you do opt for a road trip, you have more control over your environment, but pit stops do add risk. You want to avoid trying to stop at very crowded rest stops. However, don't fear the public restroom. If it's not too crowded, it shouldn't impose much risk. So what's safer, flying or driving? There's no clear-cut answer. Experts say your risk level has more to do with your personal choices than your mode of travel. The bottom line is no matter where you go or how you get there, try to social distance as much as possible. So okay. in turn, they just answered their own question. If flying is worse. <laughs> I think I feel like it's going to be worse. I feel like it's going to be harder. You can you can just to your point earlier, you can't physically distance from people when you're sitting next to them on a plane, but you can physically distance from people if you're in your own car. And you can crack so, a window. You cannot crack a window on a plane. On a plane. Now, they say that the filtration systems and all that stuff on planes are like hyper advanced and they're very, very good. So who knows? But we decided that. We're going to opt for road trips as a safer option. And if you decide to take a road trip this summer, we want to give you some tips since it is just the tip Tuesday about some do's and don'ts when you're road tripping. So now that we have established, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands, hand sanitizer, face mask, uh, face shield if you have them. We're going to talk about that later on too, that that might be a thing. But there are some don'ts. Mm-hmm. For road trips. And these are pretty, pretty important. Number one on this list from Yahoo of don'ts for road trips, Char, is don't pick a boring travel buddy. Well, I, isn't that common sense? I mean, I mean I, you'd think, but apparently they need to put it in a list. Especially <laughs> especially as we're going amongst a, a, a and we're battling a global health pandemic. The last thing I want is a boring travel buddy on a road trip. <laughs> right. Or to run out of money. Which, you know, you might, maybe you're road tripping with a purpose, but a lot of times people just road trip to road trip. And uh, the next item on this list here, don't underestimate your budget. Like, be realistic. Don't be like, okay, we're going to spend $3 a day on food. <laughs> like, you know, you you have to understand that you there while there might be the, you know, the Fiesta menu at Taco Bell at most places you go, you know, if you're driving through the middle of Montana, there might not be anything for 150 miles. You're going to have to have some food in that car. And that includes a a bathroom if you visit in Taco Bell for the Fiesta menu. (laughs) 
<laughs> right. You might no map out your bathrooms, right? I actually think that's coming up on our do list for sure. Um, also on your don't list, I have been down this road before, pun intended. Don't drive a crappy car. These are common sense, James. <laughs> but I tell you what, a lot of people won't do this. Now, let's say you're in someone's car and it's a nicer car and you're the passenger. Don't put your feet on the dashboard. Are you are you that girl, Sean? Absolutely not. I, 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 absolutely not. You know, there's a thing intercommunally named home training. Um, uh, and so yeah. that's something that that's never even been a, a thing for me. So no. Right, right. Mm-hmm. To want to do that. Um, very good. Don't drive tired. This one is huge. They're actually, what they're saying is about 100,000 crashes in the United States happen a year because of driver fatigue. Oh. And so obviously, as your public health person, I'm very much about that. It actually is more beneficial for you than stopping and getting a cup of coffee. It's actually more beneficial for you to pull over to the side of the road or someplace very, very safe and take a 20-minute nap. Set that alarm on your phone. Take a quick nap. It actually is much more refreshing to you than just like trying to pound the coffee all night. Yeah. Um, They, uh, this one, I love this one. Don't let the passenger play DJ. Oh, yeah. I don't do that anyway when I do road trips. Even, you know, when I've been with friends and doing spring break trips, whoever drives controls the radio. Controls the radio. Yeah. I agree. Because they need to be able to listen to whatever is going to yep. like, keep them awake, for instance, or keep them focused on the road, not go have too much going on. Last couple of things on this don't list. Don't rely on a single GPS because you never know when that was updated. I actually really still like physical paper maps, and they do very, very good jobs with paper maps. Um, don't stay on the highway. I'm like sorry. Like if you're on the interstate. I'm staying on the highway. Well, I think this is a very interesting commentary about this one because for some folks, it is dangerous for us to get off the highway, <laughs> yes, right? Yes. We're not trying to be in the middle of Montana and whatever. Um, don't on overdose where you on. Went. <laughs> exactly. Um, and they're saying don't overdose on fast food as well. We have uh, the list of what you should do on road trips for Just the Tip Tuesday up next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. I'm proud. I am a proud queer man. And sometimes I show that in some very interesting, unique ways. I, for one, should probably not post some of those pictures at weirdchannelq.com, but I think that you should. <laughs> and maybe yours are a little less revealing than mine, because it is pride and we want to know how you're celebrating your digital, virtual pride. I keep mashing those two words together. Um, but we are in the middle of pride and we want to know how you're doing it. So upload your pictures or videos at wearechannelq.com or on our socials at wearechannelq using the hashtag channelqcurbsidepride. And when you do... We're going to A, be super happy to see that everyone and so many people are out there celebrating their pride. We are also going to be able to hook you up with an opportunity to be on the air on Channel Q to tell us and the world how you've celebrated your pride. And of course, we're going to drop off literally curbside. We're going to literally put this on your curbside and then run, you know, (laughs) because we're physically distant like that. The Channel Q curbside pride pack, which is full of games. Window hangers, window signs, lawn signs, Channel Q t-shirt, Channel Q swag, a face mask, all that stuff as a thank you for showing us how you celebrate pride. So we are ChannelQ.com, hashtag Channel Q curbside pride. Char, we are in the middle of Just the Tip Tuesday. And in the last break, we did what you should not do Mm -hmm. on road trips. And now, you know, because we try to keep it positive around here, I think we should focus on some of the do's, what you should do on that possible COVID-friendly, physically distant road trip that you might take this summer. You know, just looking at this list, 
skipping uh-huh. around. Uh, my uh-huh. favorite tip is don't sing unless everyone wants to. <laughs> and that's something that we never really factor in. If you're a soloist, girl, you might have to get out of the car. Like if, if, <laughs> if none of us are in the singing mood, you're going to have to find a, a different route. Read a book, a uh-huh. magazine, listen to a podcast. Like <laughs> that, just the thought of that, James, is driving me nuts. Just the thought of being in the car with someone who is in the mood to sing, and none of us. And I, I and I, you know, I do enjoy a microphone. I am a karaoke queen. But hello, hello. You know, come on now. Let's be reasonable. <laughs> right. Well, and I, I am that person. So I used to sing, and I used to have a beautiful voice. And then just years of not using said beautiful voice. I also smoked for ten years, uh, and soda and cigarettes, and not using that voice. I no longer have a voice, but I still think I sound like Whitney. <laughs> so. I occasionally get accused of singing out loud when I'm not realizing I'm singing out loud. So for those of us who are the singers out there, I just, sometimes you just, it is okay if your loved ones gently check you in the middle of a a road trip and be like, no, we're not singing right now, which leads to one of these other do's that you should do. You should establish some boundaries with the people that you are road tripping with, whether that is like, you need to discuss money up front and like, you do a Venmo sort of thing. Everyone chips in $100 a day and you just figure it out. Are we motelling? Are we camping? Are we stopping uh, every 100 miles? Are we stopping every three hours? Like whatever your thing is, you should establish those boundaries with that group of people before you hit the road. You should also use the bathroom every time you stop, which is something that I don't think people really factor in. Even if you don't have to use the bathroom, as my mother used to say, you should at least try. Because <laughs> nothing nothing is worse than being on a road trip. You stop at a rest stop. Everyone uses the restroom except for that one person who's like, no, I'm fine. And here we are, you know, back on the road. And now all of a sudden, you're the singular person who has to relieve uh, themselves. Uh, so, yes, uh, that's a good uh. tip. That's a great tip, actually. And it's always like an annoying amount of time later. Yes. Right? It's not like five minutes later when you're like, okay, fine. This will just feel like the uh, like a longer stop. Yeah. And it's not two and a half hours later when you're like, it's probably time for everybody to stop. It's like 43 minutes later. Mm-hmm. When you're like, ah, dang, girl, you, you knew you had to pee 43 minutes ago. Yeah. Like, <laughs> why didn't you do this back then? Um, I love that this one you would think would also go Char without saying, but... Depending on who you're with and, you know, your group of people or whatever, please shower and wear deodorant. Oh, gosh. Yes. That's a given. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> I should not have to remind adults. <laughs> you're at, right. You are in an enclosed space. Um, this is another one. Be mindful of how much you're talking. Like, one of the beauties, I think, of road trips, especially in a place like the Western United States, which is, a, like, very vast and open, mm-hmm. is that sometimes it's nice to be quiet. Like, sometimes that's the whole point is to get away from the rat race of life yep. and technology and constant screens and everything. And sometimes you just need to shut your mouth. You only have hot topics if everyone wants to have hot topics. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm a talker, but I also do enjoy my, my moments of solitude. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you don't mm-hmm. want to have Absolutely. contentious conversation. Oh, my gosh. let's let's if, if, if anything's contentious, let's do Stan Wars, okay? Gaga versus Britney. But I don't want right, to talk about, right, like, right. the real things that's going on right now. I, mm-mm, not 
on a road trip now. Sometimes, absolutely. Sometimes you need a break from that. Another thing, uh, just as we wrap this up here, is to try to stay awake. If you're one of the passengers, elect a passenger <laughs> to stay awake with the driver. Especially so if you're sitting doesn't fall Especially asleep. if you're sitting shotgun. You can't go to yes. sleep. Yeah. Nope. Nope. You don't get to do that. Um, oh, and this, this is one of the next tips. Assist the driver if you're in the front passenger seat, of course. Bring a gift for the owner of the car and the driver. Um they say uh-huh. talk about smoking with each passenger, but I think, you know, just no, no, no smoking on a road None. trip. And then uh, last but certainly not least, let those you love from where you came from and where you are going know where you are. Give them updates. And that is just a safety sort of thing. So there was your tips for Just the Tip Tuesday. I hope you enjoy. Be safe on those road trips. Um, we have some people in the sports world who are being dumb. Surprise. We're talking about that next. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject on the new channel Q. So that's the first time I think I sang, Char. I usually, I try not to sing when I intro things. You but sing you know. all the time, just like Oprah. <laughs> you know, I told you that <laughs> You yesterday. get a radio show. You get a radio show. I do sing all the time. I don't know why. I feel like it's like a nervous tick sort of thing, but I'm not nervous because I'm excited that you're here. Char Jossel is here with us this week because Allie Johnson is off for the week, but she will be back next week. She is fine. She's doing great. But they gave Shar and I the reins this mm-hmm. week, so we are taking them. We are running with it, Shar. We love it. We love to see it. Yeah, don't we, though? Now, something that we don't love to see, and this is this is quite serious, by the way, we just wanted to give you um, an, an update uh, and some information on some breaking news going on. There was a 7.4 magnitude earthquake um, in Mexico a little bit earlier this morning. It occurred about 1029 local time, which is 1129 Eastern um, or 829 here on the West Coast, uh, with the epicenter about 6.8 miles southwest of Santa Maria Zapotitlan in Oaxaca. Oaxaca excuse me. Um, the earthquake could actually be felt as far as Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. Uh, there were also buildings in Mexico City, which is about 190 miles away from the epicenter of the earthquake. Um, tremors were felt there. Sirens were heard wailing. There was an earthquake alert. More importantly, because this happened on a coastal city, um, there are the Pacific Tsunami Warning Center issued a tsunami alert in a wow. thousand kilometer distance either direction from the epicenter, which includes uh, most of the coast of Mexico and then coast of Honduras, uh, Guatemala, and El Salvador. So I, I, we definitely need to be pay attention to this. There's not a lot of reports coming out right now as to the extent of damages, um, injuries, or fatalities. We don't have any specific information, but this is a huge earthquake, um, 7.4. This region was also actually rocked by earthquakes several years ago on the magnitude of 7.1 and then another one that was 8.1. So an area that already is very prone to earthquakes and Mexico as a country is one of the most seismically active regions in the world. Um, So our hearts and our love to everyone impacted by this. And as we get more information, we will certainly let you know um, about that. Now, I'm a big tennis head. Char, I don't know if you know that. I love tennis. I think it's a fantastic sport. It is amazing. So much good is done of tennis. My favorite athlete in the world has been and still is. <laughs> I feel like I was a Serena stan before everyone else was a Serena yeah. stan, right? Like everyone, 
feel like the whole world is like, oh, Serena's the greatest. And I was like, we've been telling been y'all that telling, for like 20 yes. years that Serena was yes. the greatest, right? Well, another great tennis player, and he is. His tennis is fantastic. He will go down as one of the best tennis players of all time. Novak Djokovic. He uh, has announced that he has COVID-19, as does his wife. You're right. Sad news, except there's a little bit more to this. Novak Djokovic was actually hosting a series of tennis tournaments in Serbia, his homeland, and Croatia. Mm -hmm to raise money for victims of the pandemic in those two countries, except the tournaments had no physical distancing rules applied whatsoever. Oh my gosh. I'm so disappointed. I'm, I'm actually so disappointed and so tired of stories like this emerging because it just shows gross negligence. Granted, everyone that's in attendance is a consenting adult. You know the, uh, the risk that you're running. But overall, just for the larger picture of public health in general, it's just so negligent and irresponsible. And it's just going to keep us in the house even longer, keep the economy in Isn't a rut it? even longer, because you all don't mm -hmm. want to follow simple protocol and sit down for a minute in your home. Right. And, and just... We're just asking you to stay home. And I listen, no, like Novak Djokovic is not hurting for money. It's not like he needed to do this. And it was an exhibition matches to raise money for other people impacted by the uh, by the pandemic. Oh, you the know, irony. He, uh, was, <laughs> he, right, exactly, exactly. It was uh, born with a philanthropic idea, they say, to direct all funds raised towards people in need. And it warmed my heart to see how everybody strongly responded to this. We organized the tournament at the moment when the virus has weakened, believing that the conditions for hosting the tour had been net. But it's very clear that he violated a lot of conditions that the um, ATP tour, that the USTA, who are two of the larger governing bodies of tennis globally, actually had put in place. That's, there's a reason why tennis tournaments have been canceled. And Novak Djokovic, three other players, trainer, coaches have all tested positive for this. And all of those individuals were interacting with fans without masks, face shields, this is uh, physical distancing, hand sanitizer, etc. So it's very, very disappointing. Um, and it makes me really, really sad. And I think things like this are just going to keep happening. And like you said, Shar, we're going to be locked down for forever. Yeah. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject on the new Channel Q. Channel Q curbside pride. I tried to almost bring that whole whole together thing, but then I thought it, it wasn't going to work, Char. So we'll just go with hashtag Channel Q curbside pride. <laughs> this is a thing that we're doing. And listen, Pride Month's almost over. We know that. We get it. But you, we know that you've been celebrating in your own special way. And we want to see how. We want to celebrate pride with you. So please upload a picture or video or whatever, a meme, a gift you created. We don't care what it is because we know you're celebrating Pride and we want to do it with you. And when you go to wearechannelq.com and upload that, or you go to our socials at wearechannelq and you use that hashtag channelq curbside pride, we're going to hook you up with a Q curbside pride pack full of goodies. A Channel Q t-shirt, a Channel Q face mask. Very important. You know, we just talked about COVID and going out. You need one of those games. And what's really cool is there is an opportunity for you to be on air with us here at Channel Q to share what pride means to you. So wearechannelq.com is where you're going to go. We cannot wait to see those as Pride Month is wrapping up. Something else I hope wraps up, Char, in about four months. Oh my goodness. I keep telling you, James, that this that'll be the test. 
The test of Won't this it? nation will be determined in, in November. <laughs> It'll do, it's pass, fail. There's no in-between. So either pass, yeah, fail. Correct. Correct. <laughs> right. Like this is, we, we either, you either vote him out or you don't, right? Like we either get him out or you don't. We, of course, are talking about none other than the man that no one else seems to not be able to, t- I don't know. We will someday we'll do a Trump free show. Uh, but not today. For now, mm-hmm. it's time to Trump around. I, you know, I feel like we can't even have like fun music. Like I don't even like having the fun music for Trump around. It no. just it just makes me sad because we got to talk about this. And so, it's music by listen, black artists. <laughs> right, right. I mean, like I can't. So um, either way, the Donald Trump at his almost Juneteenth rally last Saturday in in Tulsa, he made a comment about telling. He said, "I told them to slow the testing down," in reference to. Uh, you know, uh, to testing for COVID-19 earlier on in the pandemic. So he was saying, slow down the testing, please. They test, they test. We got tests for people who don't know what's going on. Like he just, you know, he just rambles. He just like talks out of his neck. And so, of and, course, and there his was philosophy some... is that when you test, the more people you test, the more people you're going to find. So that's why he was saying, oh, like, gosh. we got to provide context for the listeners now, James. Please. That is Thank why you, he Char. was insisting that we slow down <laughs> testing, because that's his philosophy. The more people you test, the more people you are going to find. As if to suggest yep. that that's a bad thing. Like, you are a threat to public health, Mr. President. <laughs> Co- correct. Right. Like, and and that this, it's like simple, like, fourth grade equations. Like, of course, if you test more people during the middle of a global pandemic, you're going to have more cases. But don't we want to know how many cases we have Absolutely. so that we can do the right thing about it? Well, of course, White House officials and PR people were like, no, of course not. He was totally joking. He would never say something like that. Until today, now Donald Trump is saying... Um, I don't kid. I, I don't kid. How about that, Char? I don't You know what? And kid. we spoke to this yesterday when I mentioned that his cronies, this is, this is like the, what is it, like the rinse and repeat of it all. Like he comes out Uh and says something or does something outlandish. And then his cronies and the people in his administration come out and, and do these mental gymnastics, so to speak, to try to justify and make it seem normal or like he was just joking. And then he just went back and refuted the, the entire press tour that his people were doing for like the past couple days. He just literally those three words just unraveled the entire press tour that everyone was doing. Yeah. (laughs) Everything that they were doing. Yeah. It was it was pretty interesting. And even when he was asked about this and taking a task, he had some some interesting things to say. His campaign relaunch that continues to spark controversy because of comments Mr. Trump made. So I said to my people, slow the testing down, please. The White House insisted President Trump was joking, but when directly asked, he didn't deny directing a slowdown. But did you ask to slow it down? Uh, if it did slow down, frankly, I think we're way ahead of ourselves, if you want to know the truth. I mean, and that was just part of the interview. He actually goes on later on in in, the, in that same interview to say testing is a double-edged sword. One way it shows you have cases, and in another way you find out where the cases are and you do a good job. Like, first of all, that quote doesn't even make sense. Like, you're willfully not answering the question. Like, second Which is of his all, MO. That's his go-to. It is. 
Isn't it some, it's, it's just unbelievable. Like, of course you want to know what your case count is. Of course you want to know how many people have this so you can do right by those individuals and help prevent what is turning out to be one of the worst global health crises we have ever had as a species, yeah. by the way, in written history that we know of. It's not the only thing that Trump has done, by the way, uh, in the last 24 hours. He did sign an executive order suspending certain types of work visas just through the end of the year. Mm-hmm. He's saying that, of course, with unemployment being it is. You know, he, of course, touts that unemployment now is changing so quickly and that the stimulus and that the economy is going to come back and be the best it ever was. But then he also does things like sign an executive order to suspend issuance of certain temporary worker visas through the end of 2020, which cracks down further on immigration um, after signing an even more narrow version of this uh, type of executive order in April. So he is continuing to be at his antics. Shar, I'm not surprised by this. literally nothing surprises me coming out of this uh white house and i wonder what his constituents will do literally because they're they like like we mentioned in the earlier segment this is not a political issue COVID 19 is not an issue around policy or politics so when you get a tickle in your throat you need to examine the ways in which you are affirming his behavior (laughs) yep 100 percent. we're gonna leave it there Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject on the new channel Q. I am Allie Johnson. That is James Simmons. Oh, wait. <laughs> got, got it wrong again. I'm getting better. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm James Q. Simmons. That is Shar Jossel. And Allie is gone for the week, but she is doing great. She is fine. She will be back next week. And in the meantime, me and Shar get to hang out with you every day here on Drop the Subject all the rest of the week. And Shar, it has been lovely today. Yes. It's been quite lovely. Oh yes. Yeah. It's been we've we've talked left and right and up and down, a lot of COVID, some Trump. Uh it's just the tip Tuesday, by the way, which we went over a little bit earlier. Don't uh always remember if you miss part of the show, you can always download us as a podcast every day, wherever you get your podcast on radio.com, preferably. Just look for drop the subject. And uh we will also update with you on breaking news that uh, about the earthquake that's going on or that happened in Mexico earlier today. We don't have any new information, but if we do have new information before the end of the show, we will certainly update you on that. What is also sort of breaking, Shar, is that Dr. Anthony Fauci and Bob Redfield, who, uh, who is the head of the CDC, both have testified or are testifying right now to a House committee regarding Trump's coronavirus response. This came a little bit out of the blue. Um, I think individuals knew that this was coming and that that's, this was going to happen. However, um, it's been something of a fiery uh, testimony so far. Take a listen to uh, what happened with uh, Anthony Fauci earlier on. Do you now regret not advising people more forcefully to wear masks earlier? Okay, we're going to play that game. Um, let me explain. First of all, before we hear the rest of this, I love that Dr. Fauci was like, oh, really? We're going to play that game. Like, he normally is a little bit yeah, more mild-mannered. Yeah. He's normally a little like whatever. But you can tell. I mean, I mean he just looks he, tired. Yeah, I mean, right? essentially, he's been used as the punching bag in all of this. And and if you're going to be doing the punching, it needs to be fairly distributed. And yeah, they've well, been and just, I think he's deciding he's going to punch back. I mean, I'm here for it. Right, right. Explain to you. What happened back then? Should be a yes or a no. No, there's more than a yes or no by the tone of your question. I don't regret that because let me explain to you what happened. At that time, there was a paucity 
of equipment that our healthcare providers needed, who put themselves daily in harm's way of taking care of people who are ill. We did not want to divert masks and PPE away from them to be used by the people. I mean, I love that. I love that that Dr. Fauci right away. I mean, obviously, he's probably a little biased. He is Dr. Anthony Fauci. But I love that he was like, nope, we weren't going to we there was so much we did not know about this virus and about this epidemic early on. And there's so much that we still do not know about it right now. And then for him to say, listen, these frontline workers as a nurse practitioner, as someone who is on the front lines of this. I, I love hearing that. I love hearing him say, listen, we were going to protect our frontline workers, our healthcare workers first until we got a hold of this thing, until we figured out how much PPE we really mm-hmm. had. I mean, lest everybody forget this whole thing about Trump saying, oh, we've got more PPE than we know what to do with. And there's stockpiles and all this stuff. And come to find out there aren't that many of stockpiles and that what were in the stockpiles were expired, not approved. They didn't exactly. work. So, so many of this stuff came out of the stockpiles and they would literally disintegrate because they had been sitting in the stockpiles for 15 years at a time. I, I, am, I am so glad that he spoke up and, and finally said something. You know, this is something that I'm glad that he's being honest because what we see coming from uh, the top leadership in this country is I feel like there's a delicate balance of providing hope even though we don't get that from this administration, but providing hope mm-hmm. and 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 skirting around the truth. And I, I what I appreciate about this is that it's it's like a, a level of honesty that I hope everyone listens to, and I hope it's well received. Because the fact of the matter is, like we were saying earlier in the show, you can't just say you can't adopt this frame of mind of oh if i don't think about it it doesn't exist because this is still a very real thing with very real consequences and it sucks i'm not a fan of being in the house i have depressive episodes (laughs) i cry i get angry i want things to do but we as a collective whole can't get back to society as we once knew it if people keep you know cutting corners we need people to be dedicated and and to sit down otherwise i mean it's like i said i'm frustrated i've been in the house for over 100 days and and Mm -hmm. it's just it's disheartening people just can't be out there doing what they want to do you know the the other thing or saying what they want to say like trump for instance was like i told them to slow down the testing and actually as a part of this testimony to this house committee dr fauci says he actually knows of no directive to slow down testing <laughs> of for course. coronavirus. Also, uh, FDA Administration Commissioner Dr. Stephen Hahn, Assistant Health Secretary Admiral Brett Giroir, I can never say that, and CDC Director Bob Redfield all testified today that they also didn't know of any testing slowdown. So even though Trump said he told them to slow down the tests and then his administration said he was kidding. And then he said, actually, I don't kid. I wasn't kidding about that. Now these top public health officials are saying we had never heard of that as well. It is a surprise. Imagine something being something of a mess out of the Trump administration. I, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, but news it or lose it, which won't be a mess is next. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. Welcome back to Drop the Subject on the new channel Q. It is that time once again in the show where we 
News it or lose it. We decide. Actually, it is my turn to decide. Char has three stories, and I have three decisions to make. And I got a binger, banger, dinger, clanger here, I think. <laughs> nope. It's, it's, uh, that it's one. Gonna, that one's a little weaker than yesterday's. A, a, li- a lot weaker than yesterday's. Well, you have the fancy bell too. I need to go. I should just go get myself a bell. All right, Shar, we are ready for story number one. All right, and as a nod to my father today, I'm Shar Hostin. Shout out to the View. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes, because every day you are someone Shar Hostin. Yes, Very good. So I'm Shar Hostin. So today. Little Rascal star Brandon Bug Hall busted for some big rascal antics. Oh, only because there's so much alliteration in there. I want to hear you say it again. (laughs) Ding. (laughs) We'll news it. Man's bladder explodes after holding in his number one for Uh 18 hours after a beer binge. What? Okay, yeah, I totally want to hear about that. All right, in my final story, how NYC's hottest sex club is doing social distanced orgies? Oh my goodness. We might yeah, I think you have a three for three today. Ding 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 ding. All right, break it down. Here we go. All right. So um, for this this first story is a little sad. Okay, so it's Brandon okay. Bug Hall. Uh, from the Little Rascals. He's 35 years old. He was busted Saturday in Texas for allegedly huffing air duster cans. Um, This happened in Weatherford, Texas, uh, and Page Six confirmed. Basically, someone saw him. There was a 911 call. They saw him huffing. I don't think they recognized who he was, but saw a stranger huffing cans or what appeared to be huffing cans by a hotel dumpster. And because he had a room there, it was a call, an anonymous call about a potential overdose. And he uh, was arrested and booked when they found him. He was like surrounded by cans. I should mention that he is a father of two young girls. Oh, my goodness. And he was held on uh, for $1,500 at Parker County Jail and released on Sunday. So oh, that's sad. I hope I, he gets that... it together. And, you know, just last yeah. month, I believe. The L.A. Kings sponsored like one of those Zoom live viewings of the Little Rascals, and the cast was there to kind of weigh in on their comings and goings. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah, I wish him nothing but Aww. the best because that is that is absolutely. Sad. We're That's all dealing tough. with something. Absolutely. Second story. So this happened uh, to a Chinese man, darling. Um, he is 40 years old. His name is Mr. Who. That's how the New York Post is reporting it. Mr. Who, he reportedly uh-huh. passed out after downing 10 bottles of beer during a heavy drinking session the night prior. Um, after experiencing searing abdominal pains, he went to the hospital. This happened in eastern China. And the CT scan uh-huh. revealed that his bladder was torn in three places. Oh, my goodness. The pee-induced pain was so intense that Mr. Hu was unable to lie flat. And he failed to relieve himself uh, of his massive urine reservoir despite several attempts. I wonder what was causing the blockage. This article doesn't really get down to the bottom of it. Um, it's it's usually some sort of either urethral stricture, right? Yeah. Like inside of the penis or like really, really awful prostate. But this is, I just want everyone listening, by the way, your bladder, nor, most people's bladders does not explode if you, if you uh, hold, hold your urine for too long. There's probably something like pathologically underlying condition with this gentleman. Either way, very scary. Right. And the article does go on to say that. Now, fortunately, you know, these doctors were able to save Mr. Who's life via emergency surgery and he was... 
he's since been released from the hospital and is, you know, on schedule to make a complete recovery. Now, while oh, such bladder explosions are rare, the local hospital claims that every year they admit at least one patient after binging on beer um and it's i guess it's binging on beer is the perfect recipe to make your bladder explode so that that echoes your sentiment about how rare this is because out of a calendar Uh year you know it's one person it's only happening one time in a calendar year right that is crazy all right last story i'm ready last story this uh i guess the sex club in new york city which is titled nsfw which what we traditionally know is not safe for work but uh-huh. in this case it stands for new society for wellness <laughs> oh lord so, a lie title so they're opening their doors again and they have a host of different rules including keeping it ventilated i guess windows are going to be cracked there's going to be excessive hand sanitizer. This does not sound like a good time to me. No, not at all. <laughs> and, you know, they're going to be social distancing. But what I don't understand is it's framed it's framed as like like oh, orgies, but they have a a rule like you cannot you cannot engage in sexual activity with anyone that you didn't show up with. So if you and the homies is you three and you three and your you and three of your friends, excuse me, go to this club. Only you three can engage with one another. You can't be out there swapping and, and doing stuff. So, I mean, then why go? Ex- like, I don't... Exactly. We, we talked to someone before who was doing something like this virtually, by the way. I think at this point in time, like, there's not enough hand sanitizer or masks in the world. I would keep it at home. And you, y'all, Shar, thank you for the stories. Y'all keep it locked here and drop the subject. Happy endings are next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Oh boy, we did it. We made it through another day on Drop the Subject. And we hope you really enjoyed. We hope that Char, Jocelle, and I are delivering for you a quality product every single day. Char, I think we did all right today. Yeah, I think we did all right. I think we did pretty pretty darn good (laughs) over here. I think we... Oh, Jesse's giving us a thumbs up and an okay. I think we did good. You know, this is... I'm. I maybe am not going to give Allie such a hard time anymore because being the like the lead, the main person is is hard. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of yeah. work. So uh, I will I will not give Allie such a hard time when she's back next week, and she is coming back next week. By the way, all is good with Allie. She's taking a week off, but she'll be back on the air with us here on Channel Q next week. Um, so it's me and Shar Jocelle all week long. And by the way. If you ever miss anything in our show, we download as a daily podcast. There are a few places on the interwebs in the world where you can get an hour and a half of quality podcast content a day, five days a week, but we deliver that for you. So subscribe to us, go to radio.com or wherever you get your podcast, subscribe to Drop the Subject, give us five stars, give us a little comment. It helps out so much. We really, really appreciate it. And we really do appreciate y'all getting at us on the social media as well. At We Are Channel Q. Of course, you can upload what you're doing for Pride for our hashtag Channel Q Curbside Pride promotion. Or you can just tell us what you think. Or how like how amazing Char is. I like that would be lovely as well. Right, Char? Happy Pride. <laughs> <laughs> now, Char, it is time for happy endings. This is always how we close out the show. You know the drill. Do you, my dear, have a happy ending? I do. So despite well, it's actually a good thing. So I'm so happy that there's been an elevation in conversation and surveillance and footage of Karen's and their <laughs> and their wayward behavior. And so my hope 
that comes out of this is that it is a call to action for people to do and be better people and examine the ways in which they are contributing to further oppressing other groups of people. Karen in particular, because that's a very specific type of oppression. So I don't I know <laughs> I know my happy ending wasn't didn't have the most comedic twist, but that's just the space that I'm in today on this Tuesday. <laughs> very good. And that is a space on this Tuesday that you are allowed to be in. I love it. We appreciate it. I have I have a little bit of a comedic happy ending. Not not I'm I never purport to be a comedian, but I try. It's like my Whitney Houston singing earlier. I think I sound like Whitney. Child. Right. I also think I'm funny, but I actually probably am not really that funny at all. But, you know, some strip clubs are reopening around the country. Providence, Rhode Island being one of them. And they have to have plexiglass up in between the strippers and the patrons. And there's plexiglass sheets here and there to keep everybody safe. And there's physical distancing and whatever. But... That may be the worst type of strip club experience that you could think of, but it might be a good time to invest in plexiglass. I'll, no. I'll, no, I'll give you that one. I'll give you nope. that. Oh, yeah. okay. You give yeah. it Because <laughs> you and Jesse were both staring at me like, what? It's permissible. Where are you, it going? No, I, I'll it's, give you uh, thank that you. one. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, very good. See, I'm giving shot. Who'd have thought that we would come on this show and give a shout out to the plexiglass industry but this is what you get here on drop the subject thank you again so much for listening Shar will be back tomorrow uh we also you again if you missed anything in the show of course we talked about trump uh we talked about for just the tip tuesday some amazing tips on what to do and what not to do if you road trip this summer which a lot of people are starting to do in the time of covid we have a lot more of that coming up this week i promise you stay tuned we'll see you tomorrow On the next, on the next, drop the subject. On the next show, speaker, writer, and social justice educator, Dr. John Paul Higgins joins the show for The Weekly Wake Up Call, our new initiative to continue shining a spotlight on issues of racial and social injustices. It's time to get your learning on. Drop the subject, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific, 1 to 4 Eastern, on Channel Q.